Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. the wrong button Where oh, we and, and the music stopped and i can't play it again from there so everybody sorry i ended the tune there but let's go to the introduction screen well we got off early this oh. time not, oh look the tune's starting again <laughs> shut up tune <laughs> you've tune, got shut up. up shut up stop there we go good job stop. mickey anyway we are high on homegrown the cannabis podcast one versus crowroom.com and I am Mackie, a soil grower from the UK. I don't grow soil, I grow cannabis and soil. <laughs> I just thought I'd specify that before we moved on. I like that. That's <laughs> what geologists do, they grow soil. Mm. Well, true. They were kind of in a way, would they? No. Shut up, GB. We'll come back to that later on. Monkey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Monkey. How you doing? How you, how you doing? And that's how we say it down <laughs> here. Doing? How y'all doing? So anyway, monkey down here in the southeast U.S., kind of getting silly down here, getting high on some haze today. Hope everybody's doing good and, and uh, is having as good a show as I am right now. Yeah, I'm pretty stunned upon some super lemon haze myself, man. Sativa baked. We may be chatty yeah. today, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nice uplifting kind of high. You know, it is. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, I'm still on my camera. <laughs> very very professional, Mackie. Yes, thank you, John. Very professional. It was indeed. Look, yes. Yeah, they saw me again. Anyway. Uh, next, next bit. Thanks, John. I don't know if there's sarcasm in that, but I'm going to assume that there wasn't. Nice. GB, how you doing, bro? I am not too bad. How's it going, everybody? GB here from Ireland. Cocoa grower. And you will find me, as always, on Percy's Grow Room or on Instagram <laughs> or anywhere else, really. Indeed. And of course, his OnlyFans page. We bought this up before. Yeah. Oh, well, the only fans that. does give bring they me shut in a you bit down now, yet? Say. They haven't shut me down yet. No, for those no, of you, no. for, for no, those no. of you who know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know. <laughs> How you doing, Marge? I'm doing great, actually. Marge Sweet. from Canada, super soil grower, outdoor grower oh. right now. And uh, yeah, you can also find me on my other podcast, Bite Me the Show About Edibles, because I am all about the edibles. Nice. Are you on edibles today? You, have you munched something before the show? Uh, I have munched on something, but it might take a bit to kick in because I just got off work before I sat down uh, to chat with you guys. So. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, so, and, and don't forget, we won't miss your 420 this time. Yeah. In 17 minutes, we have yeah. Margie's 420. <laughs> Let's not miss it. What's up next? Zombie Nation. Hello. Here. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> yes, Zombie Nation here from the middle of the UK. Uh, soil grower and all that. Good evening. Sweet. And uh, Temple Grower, the last one on the list. What's up, TG? Yes. Now that my camera's off. Um, yeah, not much. Did you leave guys. your camera on? Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, nobody saw it. I mean, I didn't. No, don't, don't rewind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Temple Grower here is always coming to you live from Treaty 6 territory, uh, known as Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I grow in super soil. I'm on Percy's Grow Room and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. I basically am the internet. So <laughs> the know. internet of weed. Yes. Nice. Oh, good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, man. Looking forward to a good show. And we've got some new sections and, well, some old sections that are coming back and a new section at the end as well in the show. Of course, we've got the cannabis news. 
And then strain of the week is back. This week, we're going to cover Mimosa Evo from Barney's Farm. And each week, we're going to be discussing new strains. We're going to mainly be talking about strains which we've somebody on the panel has grown recently so we can have like give like what the flavors like how it was to grow and shit like that so we're gonna have some nice strain of the week sections coming up over the next few weeks i think but today will be mimosa evo uh, for the grow guys we're going to talk about the roots we don't often talk about roots and they're just as important as the shit above the plant you need healthy roots for a healthy plant so we're going to discuss how to have healthy roots how to keep them healthy and if you get root rot or anything like that how to treat it and how to prevent it as well more important nice. than the top sometimes, man. Mm-hmm. Well, without that, plant's dead, isn't it? Exactly. And the interview this week is with Billy Bonds. He's a, he's a long-time listener of the show. What's up, Billy? He's out there in the chat. It's the first time we've had a listener come on the show for an interview, I think. So this is a, it's a cool one, man. He suffers with PTSD from childhood trauma and uses cannabis to give him a, positive, a more positive state of mind and shit. More it was a stories. really good interview. He was, man. Enjoy talking to him. It's shit story too, you know. It's it it's shit to hear when people are suffering and shit. It's good that cannabis see... can make them feel better, though. That's just what I was gonna say. Yeah. Lots of stories like that. No, uh, what we got then? Then listener mail is the new section here, where we read your messages and answer your questions live every show. So uh, you can send us an email at homegrown at gmail.com or post it in the Discord server, which is in the description of this video. So just click on that. And that's very really. That's the whole show. So we'll run through everything. Don't forget to hit the like button if you haven't done that already and subscribe if you're new. And if you're new as well, don't forget to say hello in the chat there. It'd be sweet. All right. Next up, Cannabis News. Let's do it. Cannabis News and Events. Right, so we've got a lot going on in the world this week, and we've got six news stories to go through, right? Five, six? Six. Yeah. Well, you don't do one, do you? I say five. And then forum news as well. So lots of news going on, man. We should uh, go first. Anybody want to volunteer? Sure. Oh, ZN, go. So, yeah, yeah. ZN. I, don't, I don't mind going first. See. Um, this, this is, this is a, uh, what it seems to be a UK and an Ireland thing. Um, but for, for the benefit of this particular what's it of news, it's the UK. And this is coming from a lot of sources. It's out there. Every single media outlet has got this. Um, farmers are saying that the rules banning cultivation of medicated CBD oil from cannabis are unfair and insane, which we kind of know. And um, insane. Insane. Literally <laughs> insane. I mean, what's what? From unfair, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. well, you know, you have the, in 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 the second paragraph, unfair is 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 given the 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 airtime it deserves too, and ridiculous actually, and yeah. unfair. But what's happening is obviously the UK, we've got restrictions all over the shop on what you can grow, what you can do, what you can't do, what you can do, unless you're a Tory, obviously. Um, so all the farmers are being told that they have to destroy eighty percent of their cannabis crop. So all of the flowers, all of the 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 what's it's like likely to contain THC. They're not allowed to take uh, flower for CBD processing, um, so they can only use certain bits of it. Um, and then the country turns around and imports all the CBD and cannabis flower for all the medical patients in this country from other countries, which seems to be a bit of a, a balls up somewhere along the line. I mean, 
why would you do that when you've got mm. the facilities to grow it yourself? And has been done already on mega, 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 mega industrial scale in a few places that we know of. Yeah. So why are they having to destroy 80% of their crop? Because it's, it's, it's classed as illegal. You're not allowed to actually use it. The, the, um, the market says 90% of his income he burns, this, this oh, right, guy right. that they spoke to. Um, all the rules and regulations regarding what can be grown and what can't be grown um, make 80 to 90% of the plant unusable. So they have to destroy it in line with oh, the, the, the regulations. I swear that insanity is totally true because it's, it's like one, it is insane to ban nature, i.e. ban a plant in the first place. But now you're going to like yeah. pick the plant apart and ban parts of it. And then really? the, uh, yeah. one like the you stock is not. Fiber, but that leaf's no good. Uh, you got to get yeah, rid of that yeah, leaf. Yeah. So dumb. And then, then it begs the question is, I mean, like the, 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 they go a little bit stupid, don't they, sometimes with like, um, contamination so if you're only supposed to do stalks and stuff and some inspector comes in and sees a few leaves and shit is that considered contamination you can't use it anymore i don't mm. know but it i wouldn't put it past them unfortunately no, literally or so i wouldn't because they're such assholes especially the farmers flipping the, the agriculture what's it in this country they're they're, they're totally off the ball well, I think, you know, in a lot of native species and a lot of indigenous countries, uh, pop populations and countries used to learn how to use the entire animal, the entire plant. This is how yeah. cultures were successful, not mm -hmm. by destroying 90 percent of what you grow and poisoning the environment that way. That's that's kind of talk about insanity. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's sure. such a waste of space here. You know, it's, it said here in the article. Uh, a 15 acre field can make about 12,000 from hemp products. Yeah. But if he's allowed yeah. to grow CBD, just CBD, not even THC, man, it's 100,000 right. there. Yeah. Like here in Canada, we, we use it, we can use a little bit more, but it's still, like I've seen horrible pictures of, because recycling or composting cannabis is a whole thing unto itself because of the regulations. So a lot of companies choose to just chuck the shit into landfill, you know, and I've, I've seen piles and piles and piles of cocoa like used cocoa with like severed stems and stuff that they, they go to the dump, right? And that stuff is like perfect compost. There's there's no obviously cannabinoids in, but yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's not worth uh, it for these companies. So they just it's totally backwards. Fuck, yeah. I don't know. The, reg would, the regulations are, are are silly in that sense. I would think shredding those root balls would be perfect for some kind of an organic compost situation. That'd be it is, and some companies do give it you know do compost it properly i can say but uh yeah some don't so lot, but yeah that's that's even worse 80 percent man like, yeah 80 what are you saying here i was going to say a lot of the 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 waste reduction plants and stuff they do actually like separate and do recycle the majority of the stuff that goes in there i know ours does i don't know about the out, out of the way ones Crazy yeah, shit, man. Sure. But let's see if the, the farmers are the people who get shit done, man. If they say they want this changed, it will get changed. They do have a lot of sway. Let's see what happens, man. Uh, well, are uh, you staying there, Mike? You got some news for us? Yeah, I sure do. This one comes to us from the West Yorkshire Police. Cannabis edibles warning after children taken ill in Bradford. So this article was just from, what day is it today? From today, actually. 
And I really hate reading these types of articles because it really gives edibles a bad rap right. for sure. Mm -hmm. But the police are warning about the dangers of cannabis edibles after children were taken ill in two separate incidents in Bradford this weekend. So the first was a couple of kids, I guess somebody called the ambulance after an eight-year-old and a eight-year-old boy, eight-year-old boy and 17-year-old girl were found seriously ill with poisoning type symptoms. That poisoning type symptoms, I think is a little questionable, but mm -hmm. they were taken to the <laughs> hospital because, you know, they'd taken too much edibles, which obviously is never good, Scary, but it is scary for sure. I have done it more times than I care to admit. And uh, it's definitely a seriously unpleasant experience. And of course you don't want kids doing that. That's pretty awful. No. Um, another incident happened on Saturday with a 14 year old boy who had also taken ill after consuming too many edibles in a different, totally different incident. Um, unfortunately the way this article is worded though, they're like, you know, they're just talking about, they don't mention at all, of course, that edibles, well, you know, it's not good to overconsume and it can make you feel like shit. Um, that it's definitely not going to hurt you long-term. There's mm -hmm. no possibility of dying from it. And there's also no mention here about any onus on the parents, like keeping it out of reach of children mm -hmm. as well. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I can remember when uh, my husband and I first found the frozen bottle of vodka in the freezer. And that's wow. when you're like, you know what, maybe it's time to put this shit out of reach so the kids can't get at it. Mm -hmm. um, admittedly, some of the packaging, because they do have a couple pictures of the of the the stuff in question, the edibles in question. They do look a lot like nerds and other candies like that. Right. But this is a, a scare tactic that the, the media and the establishment do constantly. They don't take into account that the vast majority of consumers of edibles and things are adults. You know? They continue True. to talk about it like it's, you know, the end of the world. Mm. And again, these kids probably really did get pretty sick. And I'm not sure what the effect would be on, you know, the body of an eight-year-old kid. But at the end of the day, he's not going to be in any kind of long-term, there's not going to be any long-term problems. He's not going to die. He's not mm -hmm. going to. But yeah. th that's the thing. They're not going to die. They're going to sleep. You know, come on. We all know and what happens never really over yeah. either. So they'll probably use edibles wisely from there on out as, when they're, you know, adults. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because we all don't... know the kids too. I mean, I'm sure we all did it when you're like a kid and you drink too much alcohol, you're sneaking mm -hmm. out of your cabinet and then you're like, ugh. Yeah, but yeah. it is like a badge of honor, isn't it? As you grow, there's there's these things that you do. You try, you push the boundaries. Like, mm -hmm. fair enough, eight-year-olds, come on. That's a bit silly. Eight-year-olds getting their hands on edibles unless they get prescribed to them by a physician. Mm -hmm. You know, like that we do know there's plenty of kids out there that have to take their, their medicine and they take them in the form of gummies and in the forms of, of everything else. I like gummies, right. man. I'll just say I'm an adult. I'm 30 this I morning. What do you mean? <laughs> love gummy bears. And yeah, man, I, I keep them in the car. Features. I do. They sit you know, in like, the dash. And I eat them you, as a drive. <laughs> the whole thing appealing to kids, you know, like I don't unless it's got like a Paw Patrol thing that whatever the popular cartoon is right now, it's not appealing to kids. Candy doesn't inherently appeal to kids. I love candy. Um, and I like what you, what you said about the 17 year old possibly getting on the black market is a good point. I don't deny that, but that's not really the fault of either party. It's the fault of prohibition at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, but the irresponsible parents thing happens all the time, you know, where or 20, uh, there um, we go, Marge. Smoke, right. Marge. 
Smoke. <laughs> or eat something. I don't know how you're rolling today. Oh, that's my 420. Well, alarm. that might take a little long, but that's yeah. good. Yeah. Smoke, everybody. But, um, it's March's 420. Let's hit that. But yeah, I really hate seeing these types of articles because it really just makes it more difficult for. Really, it does. Yeah. It, it, it does, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's them the irresponsible parents. Oh, yeah. Same. Exactly. It, it's the parents, man. It, you've got to keep your shit away from kids. You know, like on the illicit market, who's selling it to some kid anyway? There's going to be the ones that are like, you know, pretty strict about it, but there's always the few people that, you know, will sell to anybody. They don't give a shit. They yeah. just want to make a buck. But True. prohibition, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I always had access to the black market as a child, but I never did, you know, I never uh, participated so much because I just didn't, you know, I don't, I don't think blaming the black market, like it's prohibition. It's, it's, it's the lack of, and and maybe at, at home i don't know like proper parenting kids would know you know like you shouldn't do this bad shit but like some parent i i don't know i'm speaking not as a parent so it's a little out of my fucking yeah, yeah. but i just don't like blaming people you know blaming the black market per se because they're just fulfilling a need mm -hmm. a niche mm -hmm. basically you know they're not looking for kids to sell to they don't yeah. and in canada here i can say that it's there's not too many like you don't hear have guys standing on the corner so much and even the online stores there's a lot of you have to order it from a bank account you have to have a bank account in the first place e-transfer so there's paper mm -hmm. trails for everything it would be kind of hard for a youngster to get away with that without their parents knowing unless their parents are just irresponsible motherfuckers that don't care in which case that's their fault then right so not the black market in my dispenser, you have to be 19 to even be in the store. Ah, so like right. if you don't have ID and you're not 19, you can't come in with a stroller and a kid or like the liquor store or anything. You have to be 19. No, so I know in the legal markets I've been into, let's, let's use Denver for an example. When some, those, some of those edibles that you buy there are packaged in such a way that it's literally a pain for even an adult to get into the package. I mean, yeah, it, it, totally. the kid would have to bite the package to get into it. That's the only way I could I could figure it sometimes because I would have gotten into it if I was. But the legacy market doesn't have those regulations, unfortunately. So there you go. So uh, what else is going on around the world? GB, you want to do your news, mate? Yeah, um, we come over here to Wales, to North Wales, over to Wrexham and Flintshire. This is recovered um, gorilla grown there not so long ago. And this is what this article is about. Some poor fucker did not hide their ganji plants well enough. Oh, dear. Now, the Wrexham, the Wrexham police, or the, sorry, the North Wales police have removed a number of plants from a location in the Wrexham County. It was from a tip-off from a good member of the public. You know, about oh, okay. a couple <laughs> of outstanding citizen yeah. or something there, yeah. Not standing <laughs> my ass. What a fucking dick. You know. You know? But yeah, so and it's um they they stuck it up, believe it or not, on the their Facebook page. And the amount of gags and jibes that they got at it, like, but there was a lot of a lot of like really really good points made, and like one person brought up the point about how cannabis cultivation is um, essential in the battle against climate change, and it, because we all know that it absorbs so much more CO two per hectare than any other um, forest or any other fucking crop of its sort, mm -hmm. you know. Um, other things were, were popping up in the conversation about how economically and environmental um, cannabis and everything is to can be to the economy and to the people, you know, in in its in its environment and everything. 
know, it's and beneficial all round, man. It is like we all know it. Like you, you know, you can make concrete with it. You can make plastics with it. You can make fucking clothes with it. It is a medicine. It is also a fucking just a, a an intoxicant that you can just sit back and enjoy yourself. Like you know, it is the fucking plant that that starts everything like when you think about it you can eat the fucking thing you can wear it you can drive it you know so you can it's live like in a it super food but you smoke it yeah it's like it's <laughs> a wonder drug man you know mm-hmm. or plants sorry but um yeah and even the british hemp alliance and everything has got in on it saying as i just said about how it can be um the construction materials and biodegradables that there is just a vast vast array of stuff that can be taken from it you know and then mm. we move then along just um just across the border the county border to flintshire where we have two more police teams combined for three three drug warrants they they fucking they found loads of fucking cash and drugs paraphernalia you know Get the fuck. Drugs Cash paraphernalia. Drugs. Empty plastic know. bag or something. Yeah. Yeah. Lighters. <laughs> no. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Empty rolling that, That's just the shit that pisses me off when they're going on about, oh, it's paraphernalia. You can... Is a pipe? I'm, I have a fucking lovely hand-carved pipe here. Mm-hmm. Is that... That's paraphernalia. But yeah, my grandpa could smoke the very same fucking pipe. Is mm-hmm. he... Is the paraphernalia because he's using it just to smoke fucking tobacco with it? Opposed same to with smoking papers, weed. Right? Yeah, same, same with papers. Paper. Same mm-hmm. with, I know people that smoke but hookers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Middle, oh, Middle so. Eastern, it's done all the time, yes. Yeah, it just is. knives. What about knives? Very hot pot knife? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a good old days, yeah. man. Well, I used to love oh. hot knives. Yeah. yeah. So this is, um, they We're are here. basically, so they, they've taken a, They've taken a few people into custody. No, um, they have been released um, while investigations are ongoing. But like, these are people that are gonna be um, are gonna get like fucking criminal, criminal fucking dead, dead, convictions. That's it. Sorry, <laughs> um, and their their lives are going to be ruined because mm. of a plant that is there that helps everybody. You just, it's where you see that you're kind of going, are they really, do they want us or do they want legalization? No, because the cops are making so much money. They get so much kudos and everything off the off the people when they're able to turn around and go, look, we have taken 500,000 or fucking a million quid off of the criminals. And you go, you can take that off the but criminals, you've got but to just think- legalize them, man. Well, just you know? change the drug laws and crime yeah. reduces by about 90 percent mm-hmm. and then you'd need 90 percent less police <laughs> so it's no. not really in their best interest for drugs to be illegal is it no yeah. but you see it means that they'd be able to to concentrate on serious crime on people <laughs> being fucking like domestic abuse fucking child abuse fucking even people being murdered stabbed raped fucking this shit that happens in this world and it is just ignored yeah too much time you know, ignored. Laws. yeah anyway there is um, some good news anyway around the world today oh. panama legalizes medical marijuana Ooh, really That's utg right yeah you betcha you say, yeah well panama like you just said has legalized medical marijuana but Medical care, medical marijuana use uh, this past Monday, 
joining at least seven other Latin American countries. This is from the jurist.org website. So yeah, they've been uh, fighting for five years and I guess uh, the National Assembly unanimously passed. It's called Bill 153. And uh, they said some of the members were swayed by the initiative's motto, for a day without pain. So mm. I mean, on the backs of the medical users as, as is a uh, tradition, but uh, you know, it's, it's a good start. Mm -hmm. But um, as I was round or babbling into <laughs> at the beginning, there's a bit of a caveat that you, uh, the medical marijuana law prohibits commercial use of homegrown cannabis, which I don't really, I don't know if that, what that really means. Mm. I guess you can't so sell it. But, yeah. what, what does that mean you can't yeah. grow your own? Is that, is that the deal? I you think that's, yeah, I, I'm assuming just based on the next um, sentence, I'm assuming it's you can't grow your own because it says additionally, the bill requires officials to import cannabis only in pill and liquid drop form. And then the Ministry of Health is charged with distributing the medication to the licensed pharmacies, oh, man. which Holy have to extracts. apply for a permit, blah, blah, blah. So it's a very convoluted medical law. Yeah, this is not even whole flour here. This is yeah. just yeah. extracts of whatever they want to give you. It's distillates, yeah. isolates, and that stuff. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's good start, I guess. Um, especially, you know, some of those countries are... It, it seems they've been traumatized by the drug war, which really isn't their fault per se, but I mean, that's kind of ground zero for a lot of these, these issues. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess it kind of makes sense that maybe some of them will be a bit more hesitant to, to go ahead. But I mean, the, uh, the evidence is there. And like I said, they're talking more about medical and they, they, they cite here some epilepsy, you know, the Lucis Foundation here will provide emergency medicine to patients with epilepsy because 40 to 50% of Panama's epilepsy patients don't actually have any access to any medicine. So this is going to help them. And, and yeah, again, it starts with these really severe and acute conditions, but hopefully again, it will, you know, they'll figure that nothing bad's happened and it'll be expanded and expanded. And this, and this hopefully they'll get that too, shit so. done quicker as well. Cause they said after a five yeah. year struggle, you know, like right, they right. said, it just takes too long for this shit to get done. Yeah. Usually so makes... unanimous adoption, like everybody agreed on it. So that's kind of encouraging too, right? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Usually looking at about three to five years though, from the first time they first let them, you know, have a little bit of this refined cannabis to where everybody realizes mm. the world's not going to end. So you might say five years isn't that long, but that's usually what I'm seeing. That's about what it takes wherever, you know, to feel it out, to get comfortable enough to take the next step. Hopefully they get there faster. Mm. Bureaucracy again, but. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens here. Mm -hmm. We'll follow the progress as it goes, as we do. Yeah. Well, and speaking then there's one of, more news from Monkey. Yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, countries that uh, have been in, in, you know, affected by the illegal market and things like that, let's talk a little bit about Mexico. Uh, you know, how will Mexico illegal cannabis firms navigate Mexico's business risks? This is an interesting article uh, from Algeria. 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 That must be a different site than I'm used to. Anyway, um, the article was interesting. I found it because I didn't even consider this. Now, right now, Mexico is considering they haven't legalized everything 100 percent. They're just getting the bills passing through Senate, just kind of readying to get everything signed in there. And as you can can bet, we have big business lining up on the sidelines, just licking their lips, thinking like, hey, what's going to happen here? 
So uh, they're mentioning a few names that maybe TG and Marge might uh, recognize. Canopy Growth, Biomedican, Aurora Cannabis. These guys mm -hmm. are standing in the wings and they're going mm -hmm. like, hey, how can we jump in here and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and make a lot of money at the, at the expense of the Mexican people here? Oh, uh, yeah, those are big Canadian players for sure. Oh, yeah. I think they want to be big global <laughs> players is what the thing mm -hmm. in all of our community. We don't want that. I mean, we don't want no. big cannabis. Uh, it just sounds bullshit, crazy, man. but it's interesting because, you know, these are, these players jumped into the uh, Canadian market and they had to navigate the laws and situations up there, but they never had to deal with drug cartels before. So now they're looking at the situation that if these large corporations come into the into a growth situation in, in Mexico, how do they mitigate the quote unquote business risks of growing mm. cannabis in a place that's controlled by cartels where well, you pay for protection? And your, your uh, you know, money is, is routinely siphoned off and things such as this. So now Mexico's having to, you know, actually look at this whole situation and decide, okay, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. So what, what, what do you, what would you all guys do? I mean. Well, legalize is the only way to go. And but then what are the cartels going to do? Are they going to move off into a higher drug? So they will well, you legalize with the, the legal business. What the cartels have been doing in, in places that have legalized, they, they did go medically legal in Colombia and were facing similar problems in Colombia. And so the Colombian government took it upon itself to do a survey and they surveyed the country and found the area of the country that had yeah. zero homicides per 100,000 people for the last 14 years. And that's the area of the country they're growing the cannabis in. <laughs> that's because when you make it worthless, gangsters and shit, like money people don't want anything to do with it. And if there's yeah. so much of it, yeah. so much hype, like that's what, that's what happened in Mexico. When, when states legalized, they used to import so much weed from Mexico. And then what happened was they started importing weed to Mexico because that shit was so garbage. And there was so much in the States now that they didn't know what the fuck to do with it. The, the um, high rollers in Mexico were actually buying Cali weed to bring it back right. in because it was higher quality and it was, it was a status symbol to have California grown weed. <laughs> and I've read too stories where the Mexican cartels have not, like they've moved on, like you said, to things like opium production, but not only drug stuff. They've taken over uh, oil, like oil wells and shit. They do mm -hmm. gold mine fucking hostile takeovers. They're, they're in a, their portfolio is fucking diverse as fuck. And I think yeah, that's they're what, definitely diversified. Yeah, and that's what, I mean, Mexico's yeah. looking at that. Avocados. And they realize, <laughs> yeah, the cartels are going to jump right back in. As soon as you're starting to look at millions and billions of dollars coming in with cannabis, you know they're going to be sitting right there trying to figure out how they can siphon some of that off. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just what they do. I don't, I don't think no matter what we do as far as legalization goes, we're not going to change the cartels. They're always going to be there. We're just going to have to deal with them. You just got to have high quality stuff for a reasonable price. Um, and like, like you said, dealing with cartels is far different than just usurping the black market's crown in terms of economics because there's violence involved. But I mean, it seems to be a way to do it is, yeah, just make what they sell worthless, right? Pretty much, you know, or make it so everybody else can do it. If everybody else can grow their own at their house, mm -hmm. and this is strictly a convenience if you don't want to be, yeah. uh, you don't, don't like, want to do the work now, it's pretty much like milk. What, are, what is the Sinaloa going to do? Go to every Mexican house in Mexico and kill everyone? Like, fuck, yeah. I don't think so, right? Yeah. No. I mean, if you want to you want to raise your own cow and, and uh, milk your own cow, or you want to go to the grocery store and get milk, take your pick. Yeah. Cannabis could be the same way. You you want to grow your own cannabis, you raise your own plants, and then harvest your own bud, or you want to go to the dispensary. But either way, it's only going to be worth a couple of a couple of dollars a gram. 
So at the end of the day, you don't need a license to get your own cow, do you? No, you don't. That's just it. We keep saying it. This is like any other farm product out there. It could be like anything else. It's the same thing. It's just, it comes from the earth. We just nurture it till it's ready. So anyway, that's, that's Mexico for you. You know, they're having to deal with it a little bit different. So we should move on to the forum news and get that done and move on to the strain of the week after that. There's uh, not much forum news. We've got a competition with Pips, actually, that needs to be announced. We do have a link. He sent me a link with the video of who has won the spinning of the wheel thing. Okay. Right. So, so simply enter by naming the three all-time favorite strains. That was what you had to do. And the three lucky winners will receive a pack of the following Fleur de Mal seeds, pack of five ESB regs, Nigerian skunk crossed with DJ Shaw blueberry. Wow. Very cool. Uh, another prize of a pack of Five African Queen rigs, Durban Land right. Race crossed with C99. That was in there, right? Mm. And then a pack of five Janice rigs, that's Silver Pearl crossed with Blue Widow. First place will have first dibs on these tasty seeds. Second place can then make their choice. And third will receive the remaining pack. Entries are open for nice. one week and shout on, on the stream. So there we go. Nice one, Pips. That's some tasty seeds you want man. my opinion man you should go with the esb that looks like an amazing mm-hmm. combo i love those african uh it's like really funky fuzzy strains and the nigerian skunk sounds exactly like that mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. blueberry i mean yeah, yeah quite the pedigree sweet and then last bit of news is uh every day there's a new episode of fine hunger and released on our youtube channel all of the old episodes are being released on in the playlist. So at 4 p.m. UK time every day, there'll be a new video on our channel. So check it out and like and subscribe. But you shouldn't have to subscribe. You should already be a subscriber if you listen now, I think. Yeah. yeah. So like the video and comment. Drop comments do on that, it. Do, do that ringy bell thing, because then it will tell yeah. you there's new videos. That's you right. Think, oh, is there a new video? I wonder. The bell is very important. <laughs> Even though it only goes off when I'm already here. Uh, then we had Stutty mm-hmm. is member of the month. Well done, Stutty. Oh, congratulations, Stutty. Yes, thanks well for all the hard work you put in. That's pretty sweet. And the poll for plant of the month is also up, and that's fucking massive poll. It was the like, biggest poll we've had in a long time for that plant mm-hmm. of the month. So get up there. There's some really epic plants. I wish yes. I could have voted for multiples, but of course I don't vote. So hard decision, man. Hard decision. Took me a while to pick. Good shit. Good comp. But that's about it. We should now move on to the next section. That, that was a long news section. It was very long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see y'all next week, everybody. <laughs> right. So, uh, but here is the return of Strain of the Week. Oh, cool. Nice. What you got for us, Monkey? Well, I mean, Strain of the Week this week was requested that we cover Mimosa Evo. Now, Mimosa Evo is not the same as, as, as Mimosa. Mimosa Evo is the evolution of Mimosa that's done by Barney's Farm. So if you're looking at Mimosa Evo, you're going to take the original Mimosa and you're going to add some orange punch in the mix. And that's what you're going to get into uh, Mimosa Evo. Now, I have not Cult, I haven't grown Mimosa Evo or Mimosa or smoked Mimosa Evo, but I have enjoyed Mimosa by itself. And I will tell you that is a very tasty smoke. And what I've what I've learned about Mimosa a little bit, we have to start a little bit 
at the beginning. And you know what? I was in chat this morning and Chilbert throws up the evolution of Mimosa up, up, up on Discord this morning. <laughs> and he went a lot further than I was planning nice on going in that, though. But anyway, if you're going to get into Mimosa before you even get into Mimosa Evo, you got to get into Clementine and Purple Punch because that's the cross it's going to take to get you into the original Mimosa that was done by, I believe it was symbiotic genetics, if I'm not mistaken. The symbiotic genetics bred, bred mimosa, but there was not a whole lot of seed available. Uh, so for the longest time, it was one of these clone-only strains. And if you could find seeds, uh, you know, you were very lucky to find them. There are some seeds out there for the original mimosa now. Um, see, uh, I see in Dutch seed shops have some, and I believe the original mimosa by symbiotic genetics is also available supposedly at a, and, uh, a place out of, out of uh, Amsterdam, symbiotic uh, genetics on marijuana grow shop. Never mm. heard of these people, but they, no, they no. claim to have the original genetics and you will have to pay for these because you're looking oh, at, you know, just like you will yeah. pay for any of the original seeds like that. But anyway, once you get into the original Mimosa, then we have to get into Mimosa Evo. So what they did, because there wasn't a whole lot of seeds available for Mimosa, uh, Barney's Farm, took a cut of mimosa and crossed it with, uh, I believe it was orange punch. And what they're trying to do here is they're trying to punch up the orange flavor. And that's mm. exactly what happened. So you ended up uh, with roughly the same cannabinoid profile, but a stronger orange punch and a, and a great yield, a high yield. And that is what mimosa Evo is. And then Bar Barney's farm takes it one step further. If you want to take mimosa Evo and, and evolve it one step further, you take mimosa times orange punch they've taken their orange uh they've taken their mimosa evo and thrown an orange punch at it again mm -hmm. each time you do this you start going further and further into the indica range the original mimosa was probably i think it was a 65 percent sativa and then by the time you got into evo you were looking closer to a 40 percent sativa and then so you know they're, they're basically giving you more and more of the indica properties here but what i what i've learned on this one and this was the one that the chat picked was mimosa evo not and i had i had to try and do my research to figure out what was going on here but uh, what I've learned basically is Barney's is the provider of Mimosa Evo. They, they, they're, they're claiming to be the breeders and the, the latest and greatest with Mimosa Evo. Has anybody on the panel grown this one? Yeah, I think so, but I can't remember specifically. I know Chilbert <laughs> has just pulled it and he's been smoking it all night. But uh, I don't have any experience with growing it. I, I've heard it's a very simple and high yielding strain. Basically, you're looking at eight to nine weeks of a flower, according to what Barney says, you know, that's how it goes. If they say eight to nine weeks, I've always planned, you know, 10, 10 to 11. So it's the way it's I like I've got a three pack of Mimosa Evo in my collection with two seeds taken out of it. So I assume them two got grown <laughs> and you don't remember it. It couldn't no, have been that great no. of a strain, though. Maybe it's just one of them times when I'm doing lots in a rotation or something. Well, I'm, I'm not, not uh, enjoyed the Evo, but I can tell you the original Mimosa was a great daytime smoke. Mm. You know, it was up there with Jack Herrera for me as far as the daytime goes. It were very Sweet. energetic, very nice, very clear, very productive. Yeah, I like that one too. It just so happens coincidentally. I've been, I was smoking that last night as well. Mimosa, Sweet. nice. Yeah, and you didn't invite. Yeah. You didn't call me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, I didn't right. know you were such a fan. Yeah, but of course. I, know. I, like, yeah. I like them all. Have you have you uh, sampled the mimosa Eva, Marge? No, I have not. And admittedly, I got the mimosa from my like the dispensary I work at, so it was like legal market weed. But 
Uh, well, you know, so it was so good. I really liked the hype from that one. Uh, the commercial market's better than nothing. I'll take it. You know, Sweet. we I should let March know. <clears throat> we should let March know what strains we're doing before next week, so she can test it at work. That's not, how was it, March? <laughs> yeah, <why not? laughs> it was really piney, sweet flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what I would yeah. say though, as far as mimosa evo goes, you know, if, if you if you're looking for something that's really citrusy, and this is going to be a high orange uh, flavor in this one, which I actually kind of like. I, I, there's nothing like cracking open a bud and getting, and for me at least, getting hit with that mandarin spell right there. I love that. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a really up energetic orange smoke. Uh, very simple to grow for what I understand. So yeah, I would say this would be a, put it on your list for shopping. And then Mr. Clayton said he's got two there that he's just popped, that just popped out of dirt. That's very cool. Nice. Yeah, I just so, need more tents so I can grow more strains, Mackie. Mm-hmm. So. Know that feeling. So everybody in the chat, you have to write Mrs. Monkey and tell her I need more tents. <clears throat> <You know? laughs> Drop it in the comments below. That's right. Miss, Mrs. Yes. Monkey, we need more tents. Nice one. It's good to have Australian of the Week back. Next week, I don't know, maybe we'll think we'll of another one which we're going to do. Yeah. But if you anybody in the chat has suggestions of what strain they want us to do some research on next week, then let us know and we'll get on it. But that's about it. Time for the Grow Guides. Grow guides are going to talk about the roots on your plant. And if you're a hydro grower, grower, then you would have seen the roots of your plant easily, much more easily than you would have done if you were growing in soil because, you know, there's not soil wrapped around them. So you get to see the roots more. You can see if there's problems and things like that. They're easier to identify if there is issues. But usually you'd see just like a nice big white, maybe slightly yellow root ball, which just looks like a, a wig. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like a mop. A mop is a good example. But obviously when it's grown in a pot and it's got cocoa or soil around it, you're not going to be able to see the roots so easily. So it's going to be more difficult to identify if there's a problem in there. The One of the big problems with roots, one of the main problems people get is root rot, right? Has anybody had root rot before? Not in cannabis. No. I haven't, no. No, neither have I. What, what, is, what are you saying about the other plants then, Monkey? I mean, I've had them... Um, I've had root rot in orchids because orchids like it dry and I uh, didn't know what I was doing. You know, you, generally, that's where I've run into problems with root rot is not understanding the conditions that the plant needs. I always hear the soil growers uh, talk about the cannabis's need to cycle from very wet to very dry. And same thing with any plant. You know, if you don't follow those rules, that's when root rot's going to get you. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. Root rot happens when the, the no air can get to that certain section of the root zone and it could be because there's no water uh, there's too much water stopping air from getting to it or something it's kept too, too damp for too long same way rot starts in any form really mm -hmm. you drown yeah. your, you kill your roots roots need oxygen too and lots of the the mic for the microbial life under there needs oxygen too and if it doesn't have it it just dies and then things that don't need oxygen move in and start eating it and just mm -hmm. shitting out bad compounds that makes it smelly like shit and mm -hmm. puke and fucking gross and yeah so descriptive mr tg <laughs> yeah i mean that's it pretty is. much root rot there yeah <laughs> but you, mean, you can tell from the smell of the medium or the runoff you, you know when you're growing yeah. soil or cocoa if you collect some of the runoff and it smells like rotten eggs or cheese 
or it just you know, smells off there's something wrong if it don't smell like that nice earthy smell which mm-hmm. you're supposed to have then you know if it makes you go oh fucking hell it smells like toe jam man mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. a bit rotten cabbage yeah. kind of an odor yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then there's something wrong and it's probably to do with drainage if you're in soil or cocoa it's to do with drainage and if you're in hydro it's to do with your air stones not getting enough air to your roots it's pretty much as simple as that really if you keep enough air getting to the roots then you won't experience many problems with a uh, root rot this is probably why yeah. i can it <clears throat> that's it get rid of your runoff you know make sure that your runoff is yeah, always don't gone. let implants sit in water that's always a bad idea some people mm-hmm. feed from the bottom up and i i know it works you know capillary action and all that but it's just i feel like it's really risky mm-hmm. to do that and like yeah don't leave your plants sitting in water I've yeah, done it before, it not, not with idea. cannabis, but and it and it does work. It, like you said, Teach, I've just gotten so used to doing it from the top. It just seems this is the way nature does it, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, right. rain falls on the top, moves it down the soil. Mm-hmm. And That's the whole, I like the ball gets it from the top to the bottom instead of from the bottom to maybe halfway up, and then there's no more. Yeah. No, I mean, is... you, you can bottom feed. That's fine, but. I don't. I just don't yeah, think any of us. Is okay, but yeah. you just have to keep an eye on it, isn't it? You don't mm-hmm. just again. Sure. I'm sitting water. It's so not I mean, our it's thing. risky. So yeah, air pots are very handy if you're in cocoa for Indeed. keeping a, yeah. a very healthy um, root zone. Yeah, you won't see root rot if you use an air pot no. in cocoa. You won't see it. it it's no. just too well aerated. Yeah, it's fucking. They're they're just awesome. I wouldn't grow on anything else apart from air pots mm-hmm. purely for that reason. The only but again, time... you get rid of your runoff. Because yeah. that's where you'll yeah. have problems if you don't get rid of Don't overwater and like I if I have a <clears throat> a reservoir, sometimes I fill up a big bucket, you know, so I can continually just take water from it rather than feeding the feel filling from the tap every time. And what and if I do that, I always put an air stone in it to just oxygenate the water, mm-hmm. um, just like in hydro. But when you water that water in, the mm-hmm. more dissolved oxygen, the better, because plants love the root zone, like I just or like we were just said microbes and everything need that shit so right um yeah oxygen's good doesn't get talked about a lot either because co2 is always the focus with plant growth right but oxygen mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. as important to the mm-hmm. to the uh, the root zone as anything well maybe a lot of people think well there's oxygen in water so what's the point yeah well, well that's oxygen those bonds are pretty well, fucking strong exactly man. really <laughs> <laughs> molecular h2o really well, so let's say that you, you're there one day, you're watering your plants, and it does stink like it shouldn't. Well, how mm. can you get rid of root rot, especially in a pot? I mean, if you're in hydro, <laughs> it's pretty simple. You can remove the dead roots and then clean the res, and you're pretty much sweet. You can, you're good to go from there. Use some H2O2 to clean the res out properly and keep the bacteria to a minimum. But it's really easy to sort in hydroponics if you can see the root zone. But if you're in soil and you can't see it and you can't get to the actual root problem, then how would you go about solving the problem? I would say rot? flush. Yeah. Number one is flush. Whatever your problem is, give it a good flush. And a lot of the time, it'll get rinsed out. I've, I've had issues where my plant, it just, there was no vigor whatsoever. And I did, I gave it a good flush and the water that came out, the runoff was like almost brown, red tinged, but it eventually became clear. And as soon as it became clear the next day, it looked like I fucking injected it with steroids. It just is right. crazy. So okay. something was wrong, but washing it out often, some of, a lot of the stuff is water soluble. So yeah. um, just mm. wash it out, you know? Yeah. 
Well, pollinated um, high also mentioned something I was going to say is that, yeah, you can also uh, use hydrogen peroxide in, in a, in a, a uh, flush solution. The mm -hmm. hydrogen peroxide will help kill off some of that, that uh, rot bacteria in the roots and stuff like that. It won't harm the root zone either. So that adds extra oxygen down there to give you a little bit that'll, more hand managing that stuff. That'll kill all the microbes too. So remember to re. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> And uh, like Chilbert said here as well, you can prune the roots if you're, you know, if you're in a small enough pot and you can pick it up and mm -hmm. get to the rotten bit, then you can cut it out of the soil. That'll be fine to do. I've done that before. Just like, yeah, do like, like a bonsai root prune and then put fresh soil around the outside and go again. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Fresh soil is a really good uh, way to infuse a lot of, well, new, new, new soil or whatever. Your you know, roots will oxygen. love it. Yeah. 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 You said that the husky said uh, you can dry out your pot, add H2O2, and then beneficial yeah. microbes afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's a good well, idea, man. Adding the beneficial microbes again afterwards would, would make a big difference. Now, you I have, have a question with related to that because I've never I've never had to deal with root rot in cannabis, so I'm about to do it. Would rhizotonic be of any any advantage in root rot? Yeah, should would it should be eat a bad dead roots. You should, you should eat away the dead root and then encourage new root to grow. Right, I think so because it's a bacteria, isn't it? It's rhizo. Bacteria like or an, an algae or something? something, yeah. Root, uh, root inoculant and also does something in the bio, in the root uh, rhizosphere. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what it is. I know it smells awful. Uh, it yeah, smells, it smells like, like fish. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is it so, you, know, you got the right stuff. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah oh, right. competing those bacteria help. But I mean, once the root rot's kind of taken hold, it's kind of hard to like, you know, send in the troops to like fight that off kind of sort mm -hmm. of thing. It's better to have that in place before it happens so that it just doesn't happen. But So how can we yeah. prevent root rot then? Just to make sure that it doesn't water, show up. Moisture yeah. management, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. big time. Yeah, Properly draining, medium. Mm -hmm. Don't let it get too waterlogged. Yeah. yeah. Don't let it sit in the water. Yeah, so it's pretty much down to moisture, isn't it? Well, in cocoa, nice. the thing with cocoa is you, if you have properly prepared cocoa, you know, you've got the fines flushed out like you're supposed to with the proper proportions of whatever amendment that you're using. You should not have a problem with overwatering in cocoa. If you're getting root rock mm -hmm. in cocoa, you're doing something else wrong. Yeah, temperatures maybe, because that's yeah. something that can trigger it as well. If the root zone's too warm, then it might get to, it can't drink and eat properly and it'll call moldy. Yeah, in uh, other plants, not cannabis, but I've had root rot set on onset when I overfed the plants, burned the roots, and and mm. you know caused caused some dead situation there, and root rot set in later on. Uh, anything can trigger it. It just how do you prevent it? Aim for the perfect zone. Mm -hmm. We know what root rot like. Root rot is the common term, but is it fusarium? Like, is it uh, like the same thing as damping off? When that happens to seedlings, it kind of just melts away the tap root. Is, is that? I wonder if it's the same bacteria or I don't it does that, or if it's a different. I don't I think know. It's, I think it's different, but I'm not sure because you know, in, in damping off, that that also affects the stem as well as the tap root. The damping off can go up, up, up any part of the white stem up to the green part where it just kind of melts the whole seedling. So yeah. I think that's more like a surface situation and not so much as a deep rhizosphere issue. But yeah, again, Actually, yeah. I'm it's, it's not, not positive. A, well, we've just talked about it's the lack of oxygen. It's basically like your brain damage in your brain. You know, like yeah. if, you, if you hold your breath for so long or whatever, deprive mm -hmm. your brain of oxygen, it's not a disease. It's just you fucked up your brain because you didn't mm -hmm. give it any. And same thing maybe with this rather than actual like a disease. 
was reading here. I'm trying to find it, but it's not a very anyway. common one. You don't see it very often, and if you do see it, it's usually in hydro. I think when uh, because your air stone in hydro, when the root root ball gets really big, I and mean, any hydro mm -hmm. growers out there would, would know how big a root ball can grow when it's in the container, and the air stone can get wrapped up and trapped, and the, it might stop letting air get to the roots altogether, and then it's just sitting in shitty water. Mm -hmm. and after a couple of days you'll start seeing problems so you always make sure that your yeah, air stone isn't tangled and it's able to get air to the whole lot of the roots it is a fungus yeah. mm -hmm. well i know in, in cocoa i in my micro when i do a mug grows those mug grows are basically continuously irrigated they get like one drop every five seconds for the life of the plant on the plant so that that media stays completely saturated but i don't get root rot so i mean if you do cocoa right you shouldn't have any issues mm -hmm. because it's it's full of oxygen that water right and it's not sitting there it's always new uh, every day new i have to oxygen. refill this bottle and put fresh water in the bottle right, right twice right. a day you know just that it, it's it, mug grows are, are labor intensive put it that way but mm -hmm. yeah you know so you're constantly adding water into the bottle it's not stagnant pond water or anything like that no but but it also you know it drips into the top of the cocoa which again aerates it slightly and then as it pulls down the wicking action i'm assuming also refreshes oxygen in there i don't i don't really understand the, the mechanism but i just know that you, i've never had root rot on mm -hmm. something in it that was constantly dripping like that so something must be working when it's air the water retention of cocoa is good and it, it don't it won't hold too much water it'll let it out the bottom yeah so if if you left it in like a pool of water you'll get root rot for sure yeah bubble hawk says it'll hold 30 percent oxygen even when it's fully saturated so mm -hmm. there you go cocoa what a legendary medium i'm telling you it's yeah. good to have all these people <laughs> in the chat that can give us information when we need it yeah man it's a, it's a conversation with everybody i'm yeah, telling it's you cool. it's a community i mean what else have we got here to cover the roots let's quickly do the temperatures what temperatures are best for the root zone well i thought it's like a few degrees cooler than the leaf temps i just thought like whatever the ambient temperature is not that hot but that's what i always shoot for it's hard to keep it like if your tent's 28 degrees to keep it at 15 is a challenge because um, mm. you know, they, yeah. they, they heat up slower because there's a lot more stuff in there to hold heat and to to release said heat but um yeah i always just kind of shoot for maybe four or five degrees lower than my ambient temp right can i can i show something there yeah man. that i know i know root zone temperature and that is is like very important but how i haven't personally found it so important because i just when i make up my feed right when i have to make it fresh when i wasn't doing the res all the way through the winter i just fill up the my bottles out of the fucking tap that's connected to the shed outside fix up yeah. my my feed and then go in you go mm. and then it goes cold water is it well it's like really you're cold. you're you know, you're talking probably like fucking eight degrees nine degrees maybe even colder like chilly. i'm talking in the depths of winter when the pipes are near frozen i have yeah, often I mean, just thrown that water in and i had well i've let it sit for a couple of hours like but it wouldn't be 
you wouldn't be talking overly warm like when you're fucking no, want to be three, four or five degrees. Yeah. In hydro, you don't really want to go about 18 degrees C, I think. Then it starts to get a little bit too warm. But uh, if you're using soil and cocoa, I think it can go up to 23. I water mine between 20 and 23. Yeah, that's about what I try and shoot yeah. for too. I know that nutrient uptake is affected by temperature. Like, for example, I don't know if it's phosphorus or potassium. I think it's phosphorus, but when the root zone temps get really cool, the plant's uptake of phosphorus or potassium, whichever one it is, um, gets greatly reduced, you know, because of whatever the reason mm-hmm. is. But temperature does affect that, too. So maybe you just haven't had it cold enough yet. I don't know. Cause maybe. I don't know. It's pretty cold I, over I, here. I don't know. Mm. But, I, again, root zone stuff, like, not super i mean i'm not super keen on anything but um but then again i don't do anything that you're meant to kind of do i do everything fucking ours with and i have i always get good weeds so yeah. so that's why if you have root rot cut out the root if you can and then clean the reservoir or the medium by flushing and uh, add some h2o2 to get rid of all the bad shit in there then yeah. add some be- beneficial microbes again to get the the soil back to a nice standard because you want some microbes in there to help the plant grow. But that's about it. That's all you can do. But the Cycle roots grow back soil. pretty quick. It's easy. Cycle that soil wet to dry to get get that rot out of there. Let let it dry mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So that smell your runoff, smell your soil, see if there's any uh, dodgy smells there. And if so, and yeah, you might have. Yeah, you'll see obviously the growth. If you can, if the plant looks like well, there, it's not nitrogen, right? If there's no obvious signs anything happening in the top probably something below so mm-hmm. don't just Sweet. dump a bunch of nutrients in there or something first right so that'll be the growth guides for now yeah. we need to go to the interview soon we're already on 11 minutes past the work there and we need to do what the fuck was that here's the return of another old station here we go I got like a thumbnail with a guy. Oh, you saw it? Cool. Yeah. So what the fuck was that? This is where we play like a five-second sound and you have to try and guess what it is, but the rules have changed a little bit from what it used to be. Uh, We used to just play it in a particular section of the show and then you'd guess what it is and things like that, but now you have to download the episode and see what this week's sound is. So now we have... uh, this week's sound, which I put out on Tuesday's episode. I hope you all downloaded to it and listened to it. We, we didn't get any guesses. Nobody guessed. Nobody heard well, it out that I know what the fuck was it? Yeah, I think like, plenty of people heard it, just no guesses. Oh, well, don't tell them. You may come back to it. You know, should, should, I, should I not tell them and be like, well, this one's gone Is it a good one? Over. <laughs> Is it a real good one? I mean, if it's a real good one, you may want to do a whole back. I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just something I did. I wouldn't say it's a good or bad one. I don't, Oh. Only the listeners can really judge that, I suppose. <laughs> is it difficult? Is it too difficult, this one? Has nobody got any idea? Matthew must know. There's a sound. Do you want to hear it now? I will play it for you here. I was going to say, if you want to listen to this week, you'll have to wait until Tuesday so you can come back here on Sunday to guess. Yes, indeed. It's easy, I guess. It. Just like that. Oh. But this is this, is this week's sound. There we go. Any guesses? 
they guess in any way. It's a shaver. It's a fan. It's bats. That's right. They're going to keep guessing no matter what. <laughs> bats, a mitosaur, saw, a bandsaw, extractor fan. No, no. And that would be a broken extractor fan if it sounded like that, I think. Yeah. Electric toothbrush. It's going to be really hard to guess, man. I feel bad. I hate this shit. This is why it's the end of over this, because I just hate doing this shit. I'm like, I want to tell you what it is. I want to tell you what it is. I'm sorry. You got to have the evilness to you. You got to be, you got to be happy. They can't guess. You don't channel want to channel your inner, inner zombie. You can do this. That's right. So I'll, I'll add the answer to what it is. He ends vibrator. I like that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got one, Chris. Oh, <laughs> uh... Uncle oh, God, and John John Finnegan said that too. Man. Bastards! It's like I recorded that sound. Why why would I be recording the end vibrator? And why, why would why would anybody bastard think that I had one? Hey, we're an open group, you know. You got everything else. What I mean, come on. Yeah, but you, know, you said you had a container with everything you'd ever need in it. You know what I mean? I've got a box of them from the seventies. We <laughs> used. <laughs> oh, yes. There's nothing wrong with having a fucking case full of dildos under your bed, lads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what the fuck was that? <laughs> Matthew's secret is out. Yeah, just break into people's houses at night so I can record the sound of their vibrators. <laughs> oh, that was right. you, was it? <laughs> I knew you'd notice it move. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, uh, if you listen to Tuesday's episode, there'll be a new sound. And if you can identify what it is, there'll be some seeds for you to all swing. So, let us know. Mackie's military-grade night vision goggles. Oh, close. <laughs> it's the zoom in on my night vision. That's what it is. Nice. Uh, TG gets a background noise. Though. Not very good. Is he being told off? So, so TG? Mm, hello? Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel like I'm eavesdropping right now. Yeah. I know. Oh, I will mute him for a Use him, Mackie. Mute him. When he gets told off. Oh, there we go. <laughs> right, yeah. so there we go. What the fuck was that? That was the sound, right, which you got to guess. You see, conveniently, it came up this part of the show. you got to guess. What was that sound in the background? <laughs> was that a robot chicken? That was Mrs. Robot. TG. That was Mrs. And you TG. can't give the Do answer out. Do I Can't win? Give the answer out, man. Oh, ruined it. I'm gonna have to find another one now. Oh. Anyway, this week's interview. Let's do that. Man, I need to roll a joint. I do. There's the trays all the way over there, and I'm so stoned, and it's really warm. You know. Anyway, so you're complaining about going to get a tray to roll a joint. That's pretty it's bad. There, it's there. No, I'll, I'll, no, I'll such first world problems, Mikey. Such first fucking got it now. All right, you guys, you guys out there in chat, see what we put up with. Yeah, see. Yep. Surprised he ain't taught his fucking dog to get it yet. Yeah, yeah. I could do it, you know, but then he'd expect go, to go for a walk go after. Trick, yeah, go, or he'd go. want treats and shit, yeah. and then you'd have yeah. to go downstairs to get them. So you might as well have just got up and got your fucking rolling tray anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we have the boys who are just reminding us here as well that there is 420 in four minutes. Nice. Yes, it is. 420. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. So everybody get rolling because we might as well uh, wait for this 420 to hit us while we all yes. roll our joints and talk about what Billy spoke to us about during the interview. He's a cool guy, man. He's cool speaking to a listener as well. 
it's different because usually and we said during the interview it's usually we talk and you type back to us you know it's not the same kind of conversation as sitting down and having a chat with you guys and it's good to speak to the listeners and anybody out there listening to the show if you've got a good story to tell us and you think you know people would like to hear us and you want to be interviewed or interviewed or use the quotation fingers interviewed because that's not what we do we just have a we just have a chat, chat you know? exactly if, if you want to do that if you're up for it and you know you can get in a zoom call with us then you're always welcome and just let us know what you want to talk about and when you're free we can organize something and the the, the chat with billy i have to say like it's it is terrible when you when you think of like some people suffer so bad from mm. from trauma and especially like emotional and trauma and things like that it's just it's it kind of really cuts it cuts kind of deep to the soul when you're listening mm. to people like that when they're they still there they like and like yeah, how yeah. cannabis helps so much and it's just you look at it and say how on god's green fucking earth is that person a criminal for just wanting to fucking make themselves better you know mm. it's just it's just it's fucking, the one that lives some kind of normal life man it's yeah you know it's just fucking shitty. And like you know, like you said with the uh, the mental health thing, a, a lot of times you hear cannabis being used for medical use in like for pain relief or epilepsy relief. But there's a lot of people out there who do use it for PTSD and mm-hmm. other mental problems as well, like depression and things like that, and anxiety and mm-hmm. fucking that there there there's so many mental or not, and that's even same fucking mental conditions. I fucking hate saying that because it like it gets such a stigma. Psychological attached conditions. to, yeah, you know, oh. because like it, 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 it mental so can can progress itself so in so many different ways, you know, so many different ways. I, I, with stress, I ended up in hospital and stress. They thought I had fucking an ulcerated stomach. But they couldn't find anything. But they had me in hospital for fucking weeks, and then they turned around and said, "Oh yeah, it's in your head." And fucking oh. sent me out the door, and that's what they said. Oh, it's all in your head, and they sent me out the door. Like, four twenty is just about oh. to hit us. Make sure you're all rolled up and ready for this interview. Oh yeah. And uh, we'll speak to Billy for about twenty five minutes, and then we'll come back for the first listener mail section. Yeah. Apologies for missing you, Billy. Uh, I fell asleep. As he does. Four twenty. Smoke. Smoke. Light him up. Smoking. Get. Always. Get lit, fam. Was that cool? Do the sound hip then yeah. when I said that. Oh no. No, you sounded like a fucking like a dad trying to be cool to the teenage kids. Awesome. <laughs> I just want to be as embarrassing as possible for my kids when they go back to school. Yes, <laughs> get the practicing. Get the practicing. Have a good day at school, fam. You dad, know the best one me. is yeah. The best <laughs> one is is when you you're dropping them at the school and just as they're going, you open the window and you share it out. Love you <laughs> later. <laughs> don't don't forget to wipe. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, sweet. So here's the interview, and we'll be back in 25 minutes. Man, what's going on with you? Um, at the minute, my main reason for using cannabis, I suppose, is a PTSD. But a couple of months ago, I got told I might have cancer. Ooh, well, oh, I hear that, man. Yeah, what so, the PTSD is from? 
Uh, my PTSD is from childhood trauma. Um, my dad was an alcoholic and I lived in fear basically every day because he'd come home wanting to punch everything up. Fuck's sake, mate. Beat me up and stuff like that. So it's the it's the difference between PTSD, which is like what soldiers get, and and mine is the complex. Is because we lived in fear as a childhood. Our brains hmm. were wired differently. So we lived in constant fear. So we live almost in constant fight flight that whole of our right. life. We wow. can't come out of that. Yeah, it's like the brain chemistry is like developed that way. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So we have like completely different brain chemistry to standard adults as such. So are you more prone to panic attacks and anxiety attacks? Um, yeah, we can be more prone to it, but it's also how what controls you. So yeah, the height and speech and all that can is just normal. You don't notice you get all of that. Right. So during the interview, you, you see that I'm either like relax or sometimes speed up and things like that. It's... Mm-hmm. it's difficult you can get quite confused as well if you understand what i mean like you obviously as a stoner you lose tra- track of thought but as um someone ptsd you sort of, you, it's literally a cloud you don't know where you are and wow. you're making up everything as you go along do you have attacks of that often do you uh, you get every day really right. um the worst thing is when you first wake up in the morning with ptsd and so it's like that you wake up from nightmares um so it's like you you've just woken up from the the traumatic traumatizing experience so it's like if everyone's had a car crash or anything similar or sort of uh, if they've had a traumatic experience like most people have in their life of some sort but you get over it if you understand but that's where the prolonged ptsd is an issue because you don't get over it it's not just over within a few months or a year Mm-hmm. it's part of your brain chemistry now yeah so if anyone's broken their arm or leg that's a traumatic experience mm-hmm. i know but, exactly what you're talking about i've yeah. uh, had some knee yeah, injury and now every time i see anyone that that even hits their that part of their body on a concrete or anything it completely rattles my head yeah you see that, that but, but you get that with everything yeah i mean yes. all your surroundings slight noises knocks on the door phone calls it's just it's it must be terrifying. I know when I get that, it, 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 I almost feel the pain again when I when I when I re, uh, experience yeah, that, that. that. That is the issue. You do feel all the pain again, but obviously because it's a mental pain, you that's where the flashbacks come in, and that's exactly. where people talk about flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So you're remembering them, but it's not the actual memory. It's the emotional contact with it. Yes, yes. So you, all the emotions are there. So you're either really angry, really scared both normally it's a, so you go through every every emotion a human has you sort of live through all of them within like 30 seconds you've done all all of them from anger to to being like empathy so it's, it's very draining it's, feeling yeah, I find. oh yeah that's that's the thing the draining of your energy which is why fatigue is a big problem and sleeping sort of thing mm-hmm. you don't you don't have um constant sleep so i wouldn't sleep for six hours straight i, I if i managed to sleep for six hours it'd be one hour sleep to, then I'd wake up from a nightmare, two hours sleep, then I'd wake up from a nightmare. Fucking hell, mate. Wake up, you're waking up two, three, four, five times a night, so you don't actually get no proper REM sleep as Damn. such. And this has been going on since you were a kid, or what? Yeah, I've had that since, yeah, since childhood, since the, my original experience with the bucket and spade man, really. When, at what age, or approximately, when were you diagnosed and was this identified as an issue? Um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was uh, 22, 23, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for a youth service and someone 
there who's a Harley Street doctor doing his third doctorate. I was um, his study for his doctorate. Uh, so he worked with me for 18 months under drugs and stuff. And then at the end, he concluded like that I had post-traumatic stress disorder like from childhood activities, really. Well, I mean, as, as bad as that diagnosis sounds, it must have been actually freeing to finally figure out what's going on with you. Yeah, that, that, that was the strange thing, actually being told and being able to talk about it was the freeing moment, if you know what I mean. So, so since oh, yeah. then, I've, I've got so much better. I've been able to understand it more. But I do understand why I use cannabis as well, which is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Understanding why I use the drug I'm using and what for, so then I can use it correctly. Absolutely. Fully understand what you're talking about. Yes. So in your condition and what works, what works best for you? Indica, sativas, heavy, light? That, that's the problem because of where I live in the UK, it's hard to have a constant supply of Indica, yeah. sativa, uh, edibles, oils, sort of all the range of cannabis needed for my condition. Uh-huh. So it's experimentation. So definitely indicas at night help because of, like the sleeping, the calming down things. But also mm-hmm. they help during the day as well because they uh, the muscle spasms or you don't want your muscles all tensing up or you, you don't want to be sort of high and, and loads of energy. You want your energy brought down sometimes because mm-hmm. you've got loads of energy. Yeah. So, so it, it's it's hard to um, decide what you want and when you need it, if you know what I mean, because it's not just one particular thing. And Sounds with like cannabis, a- did you start off with prescription medication or did you were you a recreational cannabis user before you started? Oh, um, I first started off with like all the old block hash and weed and soap bars mm. and stuff like that. Really, I was wasn't I was about seventy or eighteen when skunk come available. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, I, it was more just uh, recreational. I didn't really realise I was uh, medical until, I suppose, 28 to 31. After I'd sort of realised I'd like been diagnosed, I started to look into cannabis a lot more, obviously, because I was a youth worker, I found out about more of the medicinal side, but it was more understanding myself and my own use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really sit down and research that until I was sort of, 28 to 31 then I suppose you're not allowed to implement it. So that's a problem only mm. over the last few years. I've been able to implement my own cannabis regime over the last few years because I've been able to grow my own and I suppose supply myself a bit more regularly with what I need. Yeah. Do you take any more uh, pharmaceutical meds? Yeah, no, no f- other pharmaceuticals because uh, I stopped them. I've tried uh, various antidepressants over the years, like all about six or seven. Um, so none of them really work properly mm. and all the side effects which i've always known about with pharmaceuticals and it's like no way do i want to because i've already got like ibs and other physical conditions so it's like well i really don't want to exasperate them yeah and right. yeah it's, it's like well i'm gonna have to take that medication now for the next 30 years so that's definitely going to do me some damage mm-hmm. it's like, okay well i'm better off not starting them and just trying to live through it. And because I suppose I'd lived through it without them a lot, I'd already got used to my condition. I suppose I'd been forced to. Yeah. Because I because I hadn't killed myself with most people, like most people with this condition, I'd pushed through that barrier already. Mm. So I suppose I'm lucky in that manner that I got to an age where I've pushed through that. I can handle it because mm-hmm. that's where the PTSD gets people. They can't handle it. And it gets to a point where you just can't take it no more. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and I've gone through that stage, so you understand why people kill themselves. I think it's like a 25% survival rate to wow. my age, which is, yeah, you can hear it in my voice now. It's, it's horrific, really. Yeah, mate, yeah. But, yeah, cannabis gets you through, so it's trying to find the different varieties. I've got a prescription. Oh, cool. I can't afford to pay like £180 a month mm. just for flowers and then £180 for oils. Yeah. No. So at the moment, I'm getting like um, £100 less than what I need for my rent. Oh, so wow. that, yeah, if it wasn't for my girlfriend, I wouldn't eat. It's as simple as that. So it's yeah. like, how am I meant to afford my medication? It's sort of impossible. So we're put in a catch-22 situation. Mm-hmm. If someone in my position, like like I have been to buy street weed, it's just like, it's just, you, you can't do it. You have to, you, you're forced to grow man. your own, otherwise you end up in hospital or dead. It's You, yeah. you almost have no choice. Mm-hmm. So you've got a choice to choose between death, hospital and prison. Yeah. It's, That's it, it's, almost, it's no choice at all, is there? Really? in a hard place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I got to the point of where I've, fuck it, I don't care no more. Mm-hmm. So I don't care who knows what I do, where I've told the police. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. That's right. Okay, I see you, t- you told the police about your grow as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I told the local police I grow why. The main yeah. reasons are I don't want to be harassed by you. I don't want to live in fear mm-hmm. of you, if you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. It was a separate um, police that in, so I live in one area, a separate area's police raided me for separate reasons, if you understand, because right. of complaints from neighbours, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because I live in a cul-de-sac, so sort of, uh, they all, half of them know, and, and so it's like, well, I don't care no more. Um, mm-hmm. But the police haven't come back to me yet. That's been nearly a year. So you've got uh, a prescription, haven't you? You know, but I've got prescriptions, so it's my human right to take this. So I, I haven't mm-hmm. stopped growing. It's like I ain't gonna stop. <clears throat> it's just I, I can't afford to. My life depends on it. So it's like, why yeah. would I? Yeah, it, sure. It, it, that doesn't make sense. It's like you put me in prison, you might as well kill me, mate. It's so it's just wow. the it's, I can't win, so I'm, I can only lose. So I might as well win the way I want to win. You've been growing for long, Billy. Um, I've helped people for my whole life. I found about it, talked to because growing up in East London, you see a lot of grows. Yeah, uh, you, sometimes you'd walk in, break into a squat, sometimes thinking it's a squat, and you're like, Oh, fuck, this is a grow. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, <laughs> wow. But, some, but sometimes you'd get there, and there'd be some dude sitting there, and he's not sure whether you're gonna break in to rob him or not. Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell, yeah. So, somebody said, No, mate, I'm not gonna rob you, I'm just looking for somewhere to live. And sometimes you'd sit there and fucking stay there and smoke with them. Other times you'd <laughs> try and attack you with an axe. <laughs> it's, you it's, homeless yeah, for a while then? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, most of my most of my life, really, to be honest, mate. Wow. So it's like it becomes it's on and off because there's no... Um, if you're homeless in this country, you don't get given anywhere to live, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you've got mental health issues, unless you're a pregnant girl... And even now, it's hard. They don't. They don't house you anymore. Right. You just go on the list, then, yeah. and 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 as soon as you move area, then you then you're not entitled to to change your claim. So you have to try and be homeless in the same area for over three years, which people can't do. Most hostels and that only let you stay there short term, or they give you a two year contract, and then expect you to pay towards their rent. It's like it's silly. Then you're out on the street. 
Yeah, yeah. So I thought, no, you're better off sort of just squatting. And there's there's more empty places in the United Kingdom than people to give credit for. So you're better off just squatting. Which is why people yeah. do half the places I've squatted are in better condition than some of the council places they give you anyway. When you do say you're homeless, if you I mean all the temporary housing. Yeah. So it's in bad condition. Like half these um mm. Afghanistan's are coming in, they're gonna be put in some right squalor. They're going to be living in worse condition than what they probably did in their own country. Yeah. It's crazy, the, the condition of some of the places. Like the place I rented uh, not so long ago, they had damp and mould. Like the council ain't going to do nothing about it. It's a common problem, man. A lot of people so, yeah, it's, damp and mould shit. Yeah, so housing's a big issue. There's no housing support. So how's someone who's disabled and using cannabis gonna get any housing support with their money and their, their drugs they just, they just can't mm-hmm. there's just no provision in the uk which is why everyone's then falls to the, the the legacy market which again creates even more issues mm-hmm. so unless the, unless the government actually do something like serious like, yeah, like we something drastic actually do something yeah they need to actually do something because it's it's crazy how they're delaying it i Plus the money they could make. It's like uh, big tobacco and pharma. If they opened dispensaries, like the people who wasn't connoisseurs, they'd be lapping it up and they'd make billions. Look at them. Look at the markets in America. They're making like millions the first day on tax. They open a shop. Mm-hmm. I think the um, <clears throat> the sales uh, last year in the United States were eighteen billion dollars in cannabis. Whoa. So, yeah, this is big business. There's a lot of money here. We, so, we had in a week in Ireland, we had f- just under 5 million euros worth found in grows. That's a, that's an Irish price, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's where it's an Irish price. Yeah. It's in your oh, talking yeah? book. And there's, a, there's over yeah, 2,000 like plants. Yeah. Uh, 800 euro a plant. It's it's roughly it's it's 400 euro mm-hmm. an ounce, and the Garda prices, in fairness, are pretty. They're on the money with the street prices. To be fair, they used to be a lot more, but they're not anymore. Yeah, the street prices have caught up with the police one. Yeah, they have big. That's, 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 that's how bad yeah. it is. It's not like the police have come down in prices. The street prices have gone up to match the police now. Yeah, living in the hostels, like sometimes you're getting like point eight or point nine. Of a gram for ten pound, yeah. And it's like, how is someone who's just been made homeless put into a hostel? So they've obviously suffered a lot of distress. Going to be able to afford to buy that each day when they're on like, I think my my daily thing was four pound eighty. I was on a day was that was my daily budget, and they had to buy food, electric, my my medicine and everything. Are you meant to live on that? In London as well, because there's fucking London, it's an expensive city yeah. to live in. It's not the cheapest place in the world. No. So back back to your uh, medical thing. What does your doctor say about this? My doctor says nothing at the minute because there's nothing to say. Right. I've got just had blood tests. Thankfully, I had a blood test because now there's a blood test shortage of all the vials, isn't there? There's no tubes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I was lucky to have a blood. So I've got getting blood tested first. You know, I've got um, blood cancer and anything else wrong with me. Because first of all, they wanted to say if I've got secondary cancers and things like that. So it's like shit. So you're yeah. right. So it's all just you. You just up in the world. You don't know what to do. So I just fucking loaded myself with a gram of fico each day, pretty much, and 
vape, I'm vaping. Oh, my my intake of cannabis has gone down slowly, slightly. I've gone down by two grams every day. Yeah, because instead from from smoking spliffs to just vaping, pretty much, is is I've cut down two grams. No way. And with a gram of fico every day, two gram of fico, did you say? No, one gram of fico, but I take that at night, late at night, sort of nine o'clock at night. Is that high THC so, fico? Yeah, yeah. So I can say so obviously for the cancer, but so I can sleep better with it, mm-hmm. which I do. I do sleep better with it. So I do get like I do get like three hours of sleep before I wake up from my first nightmare. Probably only uh, have two nightmares a night instead of three or four. And that's every night as well. Yeah, that's every night. Yeah, yeah. You wake up at normally by between three and 5am quite a lot of the time I wake up and I'm able to have a 4.20am smoke because I've woke up traumatised fuck's sake man yeah every day yeah every day every every day since a child so that's why people that's why people with my condition don't get to my age so we rarely see 50 yeah which is why people who get PTSD in their 20s rarely get to 50 as well because imagine 20 years of waking up like having a car crash every night yeah it's a lot of strain on the body, isn't it? Yeah, waking up being told your dog's dead every morning sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's the sort of trauma you're feeling every day. So they're the sort of nightmares you have as well, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's not just nightmares about sort of what happened to you. It's nightmares about what can happen as well, about people mm-hmm. around you. So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, also you, you become violent, you scream, you shout out. Um, I've a punch and kick out in my sleep sort of thing. I have hit my girlfriend in my sleep, if you know what I mean, which so you wake up and that, that sends you into a trauma state and you sit there crying because you've done something you really fucking don't want to do, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's totally against your core, if you know what I mean? So, so it's like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's the hardest thing to live with is the, that moment you wake up, you can't, there's nothing that stops that. The cannabis just helps with the m- muscle memory so you don't, remember it for so long you know what I mean so the it fades so I don't remember my dreams all day they they dissipate after a couple of minutes especially when you have a vape and that the memory disappears and you don't feel so bad you still can shake get sweaty and stuff but yeah you, you generally like without the cannabis you wouldn't be able to come down from that so yeah that's why a lot of people don't survive if they're not using cannabis they're the ones that top themselves for sure yeah it's just a, it's going to make a massive difference when people can get this shit easier, you know, when it's more accessible. Yeah, yeah. When 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 yeah. Um, this is accessible, people with PTSD, especially in the United States in America, uh, uh, have so much more of a just their life and their family's life have changed so much. It it'll be just like it's like a miracle in a way, which is why people call it a miracle drug because it changes your life so much. Mm-hmm. It's not the drug itself; it's the impact mm. on your life, which then changes. Yeah. That's the miracle, not the the drug itself. It's the impact on the life change, which is the miracle. So you become more of a human being. Yeah. You can talk to people without being angry or shouting. Or you can go to the shop and interact with people. It's like me just going to the shopping for food. Mm. But for my girlfriend's not with me, like I have a high chance of getting into an argument, which could then turn violent. Well, yeah, that, that can be hard. So sort of like you, you can't go places by yourself because if you do get in a PTSD moment, most of the time it's going to end up violent just because people won't understand and you become frustrated. So you want to so you become you want to smash things up. 
and then that's where it, it becomes unbearable because you have to get that frustration out. That's a lot so to learn about how, how you have to live your life in this situation then, isn't it? Yeah, you have to preempt everything. So you have to understand how you're going to be before you're going to be there. <laughs> mm. Do you have to know what you need and who you need with you before you go there? And that's the half of the anxiety. So when people with PTSD, oh, I've got to go somewhere, I'm getting now really anxious. Have I prepared enough? And then you end up done going because you're getting, the anxiety gets too much and you can't handle it no more. And you, you become scared. You become like, a, you become that six-year-old child again, if you know what I mean. Withdrawing, yeah, hiding under the bed because something's going to kill him, yeah. Yeah, because, and the, even a knock at the door, you're just so petrified at a knock at the door. It's unbelievable that just someone going to send you off. It's, wow. it, it, is, it is quite, yeah, it is quite strange. When you, when you self-analyze yourself, it sounds really mad because it is. But you can understand it in because I've got it, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Oh, I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. I can look at it from a third person point of view. And I suppose that's what my psychiatrist taught me the most is to look at it from a really outside the box sort of thing. Mm. Which is, I suppose, why I have a different view on the world completely because I have to view myself from like a third person view a lot of the time to control yourself. So keep us informed of what's going on with you, you know, the cancer scare and everything. Yeah, I will do, yeah. You know, we're all here for you, man. If you need to speak to anybody, anytime, you know, we've got the whole community, you know, we're all here for you, man. Just drop us a message, open a thread, do what you need to do, you know? Yeah, we certainly will do, guys. Thanks for chatting. The very best. Anytime, man. Enjoy your evening. And you too, man. You too. I've got to go out. And uh, it'll be Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, yes. nice. yeah, tomorrow. Nice. We'll put this interview yeah. out tomorrow. Man. So you, get to hear, you get to hear what you sound like over the microphone. Yeah, that's always really good. <laughs> it always takes about, you know, 10 or, 10 or so episodes before you finally realize it's okay long, that, that you sound like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, that's fucking me, man. Is that what <laughs> I sound like? <laughs> really? Now I hear it. It's like, yeah, that's me. It's all right. Sometimes editing, man, you know, that Bromley accent comes on thick. With some words, like umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you notice your accent. We want to be together. And you're like, oh fuck, I'm taking that bit out from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody. So that was Billy. Nice one, Billy. Thanks for joining us, man. Pleasure speaking to you, mate. Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. Sweet. Zian just about missed it because he was asleep. He was. I did miss it, and I apologize. Wish I would have been there. I did I did set my alarm, and I was my alarm was set for like half past, and I slept straight through it and woke up at half eight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well edited, Mackie, Billy Bond said, because it was good hour long we were chatting for. So I took out all the, the best bits with the, yeah. you know, the fingers. <laughs> <laughs> just cram it into 25 minutes man but it was fucking good i enjoyed i enjoyed interviewing buddy you know, a listener of the show it's fucking sweet we haven't done that before and we want to do it again so again if any of you guys out there have a story you want to tell as well then you're all welcome to be on the show PTSD and um anxiety and that is far overlooked you know in society people mm-hmm. don't understand it people don't till um I know firsthand experience with the other, the other half, uh, the fucking 
the the anxiety just be fucking crippling, like, and he won't he they, they won't use cannabis or even try it. Um, at all. Yeah, yeah. So well, the way Billy explained it made me understand what he's going through a little bit. Yeah. So kind of, you know, I get it now. Yeah, it made and me my, understand it better than what I did, you know. Right. And as a human people people who actually suffer with these problems, mm. you know, and, and listen to their story, it makes you understand these things more. It makes you empathize more with people. You know, everybody's going through their own personal struggle and nobody knows about anybody else's struggle, you know. Yeah. Unless you get told about it. And even then, it's only just a brief insight to it. Shit, man. But again, cannabis is there to give some relief to all the troubles that it goes through. And there's loads of people out there who have the same benefits from it. It's just a shame, mm-hmm. but it's it's illegal in so many places still. Yep. Yeah. So again, it's... thanks for joining us, Billy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, is that paid DLC content? Is that downloaded content? No, no, we don't. All of our content is freely downloaded. Scott, it's just it's the, the podcast is just edited a bit more professionally, and then it's put out on the as a download. It's actually yeah, yeah. it does sound much better. In fairness, yeah, when it's tidied up, yeah. Because people forget this is us just recording our live show. You know, we just have all of these people come and join us and. They get to chat shit with us too and be involved in the recording of the show. And it's good. It works, it works in lots of cool ways, man. But the downloaded show is a little bit different from the live show, so you should check that out too. Make sure you download both. Yeah, it's got a dodgy sound in it for one. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, I mean, what else are we saying here? Anything else in chat? But that's about it. We'll move on to the to listener mail section of the show, which is a new bit, which we haven't done before. But this is where we talk about what you, like questions you've sent us or suggestions and things like that. So let's have a look at this session. New tune, by the way. Everybody, you ready for this cool little groovy tune we're going to have here? Yes. So now we get to just sit back and chill and chat some shit. And we got some we got some uh some questions for TG in the user mail in the in the listener mail section of our Discord. But yeah, so we're talking about compost teas. We've got a question here. I'll just go to the Discord so I can read it out to you, TG. I just got so many windows, you know how it is. It's from Twisted. I would like to hear TG talk about compost teas and what ingredients he likes to use for different situations. This could be useful to some of us. And HG Hidden Gardener said, uh, "If you could expand on that slightly into when when to apply for best results, that would be epic." So, what do you think about that, TG? Um, <laughs> sorry, I just <laughs> smoked a crystalline laden ball. <laughs> oh, wow! Perfect timing. Yeah, that was ice cream. Holy fuck! Okay, so, my compost tea was it? Uh, yeah, what would you do with compost teas? Or how would you make them? What ingredients would you use? And what would be the best time to use it throughout the grow? Compost teas are basically just infused concoctions. I guess uh, there's a de- not a decoction. There's a specific word for it. But yeah, basically you're just pulling all the microbial uh, goodness from your compost into a, a medium or a, yeah, I guess a medium that you can uh, more easily 
you know, get places, i.e. with water, because compost is good, but basically the only thing you can do with it once your, your pots are established is top dress, um, unless you have like an outdoor bed where you can dig it in and stuff to get the microbes in. So basically that's what compost tea is. Compost, there's, there's a couple different ways to make it. There's, there's actively aerated compost tea and regular compost tea. Um, I'm a big fan of the actively aerated stuff because the other stuff can, if you don't have good quality compost and you don't pay attention to it enough, can go anaerobic, which is not what we want. And it produces bad bacteria, essentially, that could potentially harm your plants or, or really do no good. So um, in actively aerated compost tea, you're using a pump with some sort of air stone type device, not necessarily an air stone, because those kind of get plugged up with all the shit that's going to be floating around. But um, a lot of people use UVC pipes with holes drilled in it, hooked up to the pump that you pump air through that it Basically, you're bubbling. All the bubbles serve to knock the bacteria off of the compost into the, into the water, which you then use to then water into your plants and saturate the medium with beneficial bacteria and the good shit that's in compost. Um, so that's, I guess, why you would use it. Um, a lot of people, you know, I see grows where they have, uh, you know, their nutrients, what they're going to use for nutrients listed, and it's just comp compost tea purely. And I mean, that's, that's good if you have an already fortified soil like mine, the super soil that I use, or an even more true living soil, um, because the microbes are, are really what you're after in this mm -hmm. stuff. Not There's no nutrient value to it per se. Um, it apparently, it gives the plant a better immune system as well, right? Giving a compost tea yeah. and shit like that. That's definitely one of the effects, yeah. Like, microbes do all kinds of shit from, like, exactly like you said, they they uh, basically live in the area that would be occupied by bad bacteria. So bad bacteria don't even have a chance to really take root, let alone fuck up your plants. And they do bite them too, right? Because it's, it's a competitive thing. They, they both want to live, but the ones that are established, if you have a strong um, positive or like uh, beneficial bacteria um, and root zone and micro, not just bacteria, but fungus too, um, yeah, you basically outcompete the bad stuff and keep your plants disease free. You can actually use it as a foliar spray too, um, diluted. But yeah, you spray it all over the tops of your plants, and that forms this like micro layer of good bacteria on the leaves, so you don't get powder mildew, bud rot, like all these things just fuck right off. Basically, um, it's really good stuff. Uh, but the key is you got to start with good quality compost, which might not always be uh, able to be sourced. The stuff in the stores is pretty good. I mean, assuming it can be vouched for, but a lot of it is mass produced, right? And, and some of it has high salt content because it wasn't actually, maybe the input that they used wasn't very good um, or uh, it just isn't what they say it is. I know in Saskatoon here, the city has a dig your own compost um, uh, thing out at the compost depot, but I've gone out there and and gotten it and it's basically like all they do is compost trees like, bur yeah. like branches and shit so it's yeah. very one-dimensional compost that's mm -hmm. not really diverse so mm -hmm. making your own is always the best for various reasons you know because of it's right there and you don't have to go anywhere to get it but your carbon footprint you know all that kind of bullshit but um you get some really really nice compost in your own backyard if, if you can do that it's a little bit of work but it's it's absolutely worth it um, I'm with everything. So, 
Well, Husky said here, so interesting this topic. I opted to piss in a bottle instead of the trip to the bathroom. You can't make compost that piss in a bottle, mate. It don't work like that. <laughs> no, but you can inoculate your compost with it. I you guess. just <laughs> stored up bottles of piss thinking, what's going on here? Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll be on like the telly then. You'll be one of them hoarders. Exactly. And piss all over the window. Oh. I can say I've pissed in my compost pile many, many, many times. Mm. It's It's a great... It liquid, does rich it up. nitrogen rich uh liquid bacteria love it like with compost it's everybody knows you know you need your greens and your browns but there's actually four components to compost greens browns oxygen and water um and water is probably the one probably oxygen too because you got to stir it around a lot to you know not allow those anaerobic bacteria to take hold because quickly in an environment like that they uh it becomes anaerobic unless you're constantly infusing more oxygen through watering and through uh, stirring it. So that's really important. But all that aside, assuming you have your good compost and you have your your uh, you know your buckets and everything, like there's lots of different ways to make compost tea. I would definitely recommend going to um, uh, Tad Hussey's website, KIS, uh, the KIS Organic stuff. He's got some really good tutorials. Um, on on YouTube videos, and they come from a guy actually called Tim Wilson, who's like probably the compost tea guru, in my opinion, the Pacific Northwest guy that um, microbeorganics.com is his website. And he's got all kinds of like actual scientific, like he goes through a microscope and looks at uh, the different um, populations of different bacteria and different fungus based on the inputs and all this kinds of shit. So really scientific. Um, And there is like, there's different applications for different types of compost tea, which I think was one of the other questions Twisted wanted to get into a little bit there in terms of like whether it's a fungal dominated tea or a bacterial dominated tea. The fungal dominated teas generally are better for like long-term perennials, like trees, for example, or plants that always just grow there. Um, whereas the bacterial dominated teas are better for the annuals like cannabis and just the fast growing uh you know one season type of plants kind of thing so depending on yeah what you're after you can tweak it but ultimately if you have a good quality input from compost of compost and uh, a good way to make it yeah it's 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 fucking awesome shit and that's that's really kind of you know getting down to splitting hairs in my opinion but you can you can really titrate it to what you need it to be um yeah, compost tea. When to apply it? All the time. You know, I, I do it generally once a week, but um, you could you could honestly like probably do it every watering if if you really want it. It's it's not not going to burn your plants. You can get over you can overdo it in the micro populations, I guess, but like they kind of self regulate themselves a little bit. Like um, if there's no food for them, they just don't eat, right? And they'll die and and the ones that survive will still be eating. So it'll go up and down. I mean, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Did I, I don't know if I covered everything. Yeah, Maybe. good question, good answer. That was a long rant. Now it's just rant, fucking go. Though. That's no. how you make compost tea. And it's good to use compost tea on like all your plants. We try and so, uh, make your own compost because then it's locally sourced and the bacteria that yeah. will maybe attack your plants are localized and yes. the immune system's much better if it's local. Very good point. Yep. Um, the, exactly. The, the pathogens that you're going to encounter are like native to 
your area. So the bacteria that are native to your area will probably be the best to fight them, right? So if you're getting, you know, European compost over here in Canada, it's probably fine, but probably be better to get local stuff. Not to mention the carbon footprint issue. Yeah, man. Worm farms, everybody get yourself worm farms, man. It's the shit. Yeah, that's a, you can make it with vermicompost too. Um, there's lots and lots and lots of great bacteria in vermicompost, and it's the same way. You put it like I should have explained actually how to, to make it. Like with these buckets, if you have a fancy bubbler and pump, that's great because you can just turn it on and let it go for like a day. Yeah. Feed it molasses if you want to, to really get it pumping, but um, you can do it with a stick and a five gallon bucket. That's generally how I do it. You can dump some, literally just dump a bunch of compost into the bucket, dump some water into that bucket. Make sure your water is dechlorinated. Like rainwater is the best. Um, and if you have clean city water, that's, that's, I mean, the amount of chlorine in water is really not that big of a deal, but rainwater is the best because it's free, you know, mm -hmm. obviously. So use that and then just take a two by four and fucking, you know, give her for every 15 minutes, every half an hour, come give it a good stir, agitate the shit up. Do that for, I don't know, like a few hours and fucking call her good. You know, it's not going to be the, the stuff on Tim Wilson's website per se with X amount of, you know, amoeba per square fucking milliliter or whatever, but like mm -hmm. it's still going to be good shit and really easy to make. So, yeah, man, do yeah. it. Do it. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? And then, uh, yeah, the worm juice, uh, collect leech, leech it from yep. the bottom of your worm bins. Yeah, I'm doing that, but they don't produce a lot yet. It's not massive yet. It will increase yeah. over time. But they dilute that, like, though. That's strong stuff. Yeah, you dilute, dilute, dilute it like 10 times, man. So it's plenty. You get loads. Uh, well, you know, when it's diluted. But that's still not enough to water like 25 litres. Uh, 25 litre pots, four of them. 100 litres of soil. So it's just yeah. not enough yet. But the, as the one farm gets bigger, it'll produce more, and then, you know, I will have enough. But just yeah, using I some vermicompost for top dressing and yeah. making the compost tea. It's, I just it's made true. a new compost bin yesterday. Like, that's, uh, that's what I was doing all afternoon. And it was like, I'm excited because I love seeing the transformation. You make, like, a parfait of garbage. and just, just yeah. Like, the stuff I had is from last winter. It's been cooking in a barrel all summer. It was the fucking most disgusting. Like, Cheryl said she could hear it. They smell it in the house. Like, <laughs> fucking 100 yards away. In, it was, it's just disgusting. It's like puke. And I gave, I gave it three days, and it's going to be gone. And just into this amazing black, nutrient-dense kind of maybe. Um, yeah, it's, you know, people talk a lot about calcium, CalMag and stuff. I don't use CalMag. You know why? Because my compost is loaded with eggshells and that calcium stays there. You know, I've never actually had it tested, but I'm, I'm going to do that and just see what it's actually, what's actually in it. Cause mine are eating ground up one, uh, you get, um, eggshells, grind them up into a powder and just sprinkle it on top of all the food, man. And they munch it in there and mix it with the soil. It's good yeah. shit, man. I can't wait until there's enough of it to actually like get some use out of it. It's still going to be a few months, I think. It needs to like double in size, and every twelve weeks they'll double in their population in good conditions, and they're they're breeding pretty well, so they're happy. They eat lots of cannabis. Apparently, Jilly's got loads of worms, millions of sweet. <laughs> Depends where they are, really. It really is <laughs> in the right spot. Do you have them captured? Or they're not like internal worms, are they? They're yeah. not kind of worms. Free range. 
24 mm-hmm. foot long, some of them. Then, <laughs> <laughs> so do we have any more questions out there in the chat? We can uh, answer more questions. Have you got any suggestions, feedback? I don't know, shit like that. Anything that you want to ask us before we move on to the outro? You can drop it in the chat there in YouTube or in the Discord server. It's completely up to you. But yeah, that was a good answer, man. It was a good question as well. Very informative. Mm. We have one here. There's from a lot. Yeah, just a sorry. quick point there as well. If you are going to ask a question, just put Q in front of it, capital Q, because then we know it's a question and not just one of you random comments, which you, you people will start talking about a movie or something soon enough, I'm sure. Well, we have Gunner. Has yeah, asked. yeah, just said that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you want to do it? Yeah, carry on, Chief. Oh, yeah, just um, he's, I've recently added Mammoth P a flower time. What do you think of this product? You can I still get it. Ha- <laughs> yeah, personally, I haven't used Mammoth P, so I cannot add anything into that. But have any use use to that? Is that Advanced Nutrients product? Is it? It rings a bell. I've well, heard I thought, of it. I thought they stopped making it. I don't think they make Mammoth P anymore. Mm. I think they changed it to a different kind of uh, nutrients instead. Yeah, it, it's enzymes and other things <clears> like that, I believe. But uh, I've looked at it. It's extremely expensive, but it's supposed to increase terpene production. Is what they claiming, but it's very expensive. And no, I haven't mm-hmm. used it simply because, well, I don't think it, that what I've got now is good enough, I think. Usually yeah. with these kind of products where, you know, they give extra P or K, it's just some kind of molasses and mixed mm. up in a certain way. And it's not really worth the money, mate. All you need really is an A and B for grow and bloom and mm-hmm. some PK of some kind when you get to flower. Yeah. And I yeah. think Big Bud, if you're using the advanced nutrient trend, then Big Bud is the PK boost that you want to use. And that's about it, really. And some overdrive at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even use the advanced nutrient PK. I've used a, a, a generic, cheaper brand that works just fine. You don't really need mm-hmm. to spend the big money on the big nutrients. You find you something that works, just go with it. Kana. Kana is so cheap. The only thing that's I find that's expensive on Kana is the boost. Yeah. And fuck it, you don't need the boost, man. As Mackie said, all you need is fucking Kana A, Kana B, and fucking PK 13, 14. Just whack some molasses in. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Like that stuff. I mean, that's more years. Mm-hmm. Dial it in. Figure it out. Yeah. It's and molasses. you can grow so, so, so cheaply when you do. You don't need as like the lads are saying, when you're looking at some of these advanced nutrients stuff and some of the other products, they're fucking it's snake oil. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just fucking people going, oh, look at this shiny bottle that a, I have. This is from some somebody kind of, who huh? bought most of the stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and I've gone and I, I've realized it is literally all you need is A, B and some PK. A little mm-hmm. bit of Calmag is needed on occasion. And yeah. I know I know some people throw in a bit of say, I don't use any of that shit. It's, as I said, it's a little bit of PK, A, B and a tiny bit of Calmag. Yeah. Tiny bit. That's just if it's needed. Uh, like we have another simple. question here as well uh, from Firetop. What's the latest you'd leave it before scrubbing? Uh, you want to take That's this one, Monty? Oh, you can leave it as late as you want before scrubbing. I mean, I actually had some clones that I ran probably three months and just one day decided to throw them in and, and, and scrub them. But as long as they're in veg, it doesn't matter. You can you can go as long as you want before you scrub it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people veg um for you know two three months four months like that and just put one one plant in a four by four and completely scrog the entire tent with this one monster 
Uh, like I have done with my mother. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that one. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. So, yeah, there's no limit as about how long you can go before in scrogging like that. Either. Yeah, especially when it comes to it flour. Up. When it comes to flour, I mean, the latest I would put a scrog over it is about a week after the flip. Because then the stems just got start to get too rigid yeah. and wooden after that. And you're more likely to snap something. If, yeah, if, you, if you're talking about that, I have to agree. As a matter of fact, I kind of even say the scrog should be on there when you do the flip because... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you really but at the latest, scrog, you know, yeah. about a week. You want but, those tops pushed down every day. Mm-hmm. But it's good to get it, like, to, before you plant a flip, you want about two weeks in the scrog so you can train it. And then when you flip, there'll be another two weeks of training as well after mm. until the flowers are formed. So there's plenty of time. You can put it up there. Well, I say the latest I would put it on is as long as flowers ain't showing, I'd put the uh, the scrub over the top. But yeah. if flowers are forming, it's too late. You should just leave it as it is and let it do its thing. Some LST maybe, but don't go for the full scrub. Yeah. <laughs> After you get everything in the scrog and everything, <laughs> everything defold underneath it, it, it's pretty boring after that. It's just waiting at that point. You've done all your work. Uh, has anyone ever grown sm- smoked California snow from DB Woolcraft? Any of these smokes or grown California California snow? snow? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've got some in the tent right now. I've grown it. Sheet. I've grown it micro. I've grown it full size. Uh, it's one of those things from Fast Buds that... Uh, they describe it on their website as uh, pretty accurately. It, it's got a real energetic uh, first 30 minutes or so like that. And then it's got a really hard crash. So it's for me, it, uh, uh, Mrs. And I both agree on this one that it's one of those things that if you're going to use it, it's kind of like late evening because you'll get like one last <laughs> little boost of energy and then you will go to sleep. It sounds oh. like, like Californian snow. <laughs> Is that it? It's a fast buds strain, Californian snow. Oh, okay. Um, I may have a look at that. But I had a bunch of different seeds on it. I'm growing like, I think I've got one more bean after this one in, in the 10 is. I do actually, I like to use it nowadays. I use it for edibles a lot. It, it's a decent yield and I don't have to do a whole lot. And it, it makes a good edible. So sometimes if you, if you don't smoke it, there's other uses for it. Do you train a sea of green? No, not really, mate. You just yeah. they're just loads of small plants. If something gets a little taller than the rest of them, then maybe you train it a little. But you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't normally do it. No. I'll let you some SG two. Yeah, because yeah, that's what you're going for next, isn't it? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be a mixed strain sea of green. So with that situation, I may have to shim pots for heights, but I'm going to try and keep it as simple. Mm-hmm. This is Ed Rosenthal convinced GB and myself both to give this thing a shot. I saw your setup in your tent, GB. That looked really awesome. You got nine pots in a two by two, huh? Yeah, I had a lovely little one going. I've been kind of doing this um, micro grow because I have had one before, and then it's actually that one is just about to, to harvest, but it will be in mm-hmm. weeks. But um, yeah, no, I, I love the micro grow, man. No, it is so the way I have it done now. It's so much better. Yeah. Um, with it it done out, but like you were saying, you don't really have to. I was looking at um sorry, you cut me off the hop because I was just looking at um pictures of SG2's grow is a fucking beast at the minute. Mm-hmm. You know, an absolute beast. Microgrows. Fuck's it. I keep smoking all my spliffs, man. I'll roll one and I'll smoke it and then it's gone, and then I have to roll a fucking another one, man. Oh dear, dear! Fucking first world problems we have to deal with. So frustrating. <laughs> Can I get yourself a slave? 
I guess, you know, I'm kind of doing a sea of green in a way. My, my 4x4 is going to be completely full of plants and not like a plant, but like my plant town's been upped. So I'm going to take a do that. Do you got 25 and, now or? Um, 25. Yeah, sweet. So, so we should, I, uh, I think that's about it. Do we have any more questions before we move on to the outro? We have a question for Marge. Oh, cool. We do. From Avery Gilbert in the UK. He says, Marge, he, uh, he says, Marge, do you have any favorite strains at the moment? That's his accent as well. That's actually how he sounds. That's really good impression. Right. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Um, that's always good. Well, I've been smoking mimosa for the last few nights, so that's probably my favorite at the moment. No, it's, it's a good answer. I do it tend is. to smoke a lot of sativas, even though sometimes they do make me anxious. I don't care. I smoke them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes great. <laughs> we knew you'd fit in there. That's about But Yeah, the mimosa has been great lately. But I change it up all the time because I work at the dispensary, so there's always something new that I have to try. Yeah. That's yeah. such, you're so lucky, Marge. Do, do, do you have to try these? Do you have to yeah. try these strains as part of your job? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to do real hard there, yeah. Occupational hazard. Well, yeah, I'm kind of thinking <laughs> that too. You can't really, like, say to somebody, well, this is really good if you haven't tried yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. How could you, especially I mean, with weed? But she does get first choice on sales and stuff, though. Yeah, I can imagine it does yeah. happen. It's the, the strain of the week. Go on, push that, people. <laughs> well, we don't do that too much, actually, but our well, store yeah. probably has more selection than almost any store in Ontario, which sometimes is not good because people come in and there's just almost too much choice. So you oh, can also yeah. can't smoke yeah. all too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But I did actually, I had a magic melon autoflower growing and I have, it's drying right now. And then I have to trim it soon and jar it up, but I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to trying that. That's my own, my own homegrown. So. Well, sure. It's going to be better than the commercial like. stuff for sure. Yeah. 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 So hopefully that'll be as, as amazing as I imagine it to be. It's going to be amazing. I can tell. Yeah, of course it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you, Chilbert, for the question. If you have any more questions, feel free to fire away. We'll all here to answer questions and smoke shit. Oh, we have another question. Uh, Marge, again, yes. how many different cultivars uh, cultivars at your dispensary? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> a lot? <laughs> you know what? That's people. a tough question. Because it seems like every every LP has, like, they kind of do a lot of the same strains. You see a lot yeah. of the same ones on the market. Like, one cut, like a bunch of companies will all do a black cherry punch or GMO cookies. Uh, yeah. or, I love that you use like, black cherry punch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you could buy like four different black cherry punches in our store from different different companies. Wow, is it that much difference yeah. between them? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Okay. Yeah, some is of them it? will be more premium ones, you know, cheaper ones. It just depends. Is it rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. All the phenotypes, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we should. Uh, I think that's about it. Do we have any more questions before we move on to the outro? I don't think so. Everything seems quiet now. Everybody's good so far. So let's move on to it. Thanks for all the questions, everybody. Some good questions there. And especially from Twitter, that one about the compost tea. And good answer from, from TG as well, man. And fucking sweet. I like this section. Make sure you email us or drop more questions in the Discord server. Uh, the link is in the chat there. It'll be in the description of the episode. 
or email us at highonhomegrown at gmail.com or message any one of us on Percy's. You know, if you want us to ask a question in listener mail, send it. Or if suggestions as well, not just questions, suggestions, anything you want us to read out in listener mail, let us know. You know, even like, sorry, do you go off again? Even like life events, like you're getting married, you're, you're having a child, you know, if you want shout out because it's somebody's birthday, let us know, man. This is the section we're going to do it in. How so, much money is in your bank account? You know I mean? Yeah, let us know. How many bitcoins do you have? <laughs> but before we get onto the crypto, let's go on to the outro. Let's do that. Yeah, man. It's been a good session. I've enjoyed this episode. I like having these new sections back. I mean, the show might go on for a little bit longer than it usually does. But I think we can make it work, man. It's well, we just got to get our rules back in place and do, do the right thing, you know? Stop chatting so much, maybe. Stop well, chatting so chat. much, man. Well, that's what happens <laughs> when you get stoners in a room. We chat so much. Yeah, yeah. You can get plenty of that shit out in the edit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's you it. Know. I can sort it out. Anything that it, it does, isn't funny, then, you know, it goes... That's why the episode's running like 20 minutes long. <laughs> the rest is just backing music. <laughs> Imagine so, yeah. editing a 24-hour stream until, like, oh, well, we only had three minutes of good stuff there. <laughs> Not 24 hours. Oh, I want to say one thing before we go. I cool, totally cool. forgot about yeah, this yeah. three fucking times. So this book, we all know this book, I hope, I think. Yep. Marijuana Botany by okay. Robert Connell Clark. 40th mm-hmm. anniversary this year. 40 years this has been out. 1981 yeah. was first publishing. So, um, yeah, I mean, this has been probably instrumental in a lot of the fucking diversity that we see today because I posted a picture on Twitter and, like, got lots of responses that's like, this is, you know, the Bible. This is what I use in my breeding. So, obviously, I don't know everybody on Twitter or the world. So, this is, yeah, probably the reason why we have a lot of the strains we do. We're a big part of it. So uh, represent and fucking let's pay some homage to R.C. Clark with a nice big fat bull, I think, because he's a true OG, if anybody is yeah. up there with all of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great book, though. He doesn't get that much of a mention there, does he? Right. Not too much. Well, yeah, so those we who know, do, know, but We can talk know. about this in the after party, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. Let's For say goodbye, sure. everybody. Goodbye, Let's everybody. I'll activate this soon again in the creepy right. voices. I'm sorry yeah. about taking time up at the end. Goodbye. Uh, uh, right. so goodbye. We'll see you on Friday for the session or Sunday for the next show or the after yeah. party if you're staying around right now. Or in Percy's okay. if you're hanging around. Nice. Yeah, whatever. In the real world, Indeed. if you just happen to walk into you're us, you know, true. Somebody with an overgrown shirt would be Teach. Yeah, probably one of the only guys in the task. So, Slan, folks. Bye. Yeah. 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 Yeah.